Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 520, recorded live on Saturday, July 8th, 2017. And here are your hosts, the man who was checking out art this morning, Dave Play. Hey! And the man who's going to be building a compass, composter this afternoon. Almost said building compactor. Building a, a composter. Yes. Composter, not compactor. Com- a composter. Yes. What is involved in building a composter? Is, uh, is it just like a barrel on a spit? Yes, but uh, according to the Amazon reviews, it's like 157 screws or something like that. So, okay. You're not building a composter, you are assembling a composter. Yes, yes, you could say that. You could say that it's actually assembling. Not, not to take away. That, my intent was not to make it seem less impressive. It's just clarity, right? You're you're not like going and getting wood or a barrel or, or things like that. Like you bought material to do it. The material is all ready to go. It's just a matter of putting peg A into slot B. Tab A into slot B. Tab A? Well, yes, tabs into a slot. Okay. Pegs are into holes. I see. Not to, well, you know, cool. be nitpicky or anything. Very cool. Do you guys, are you're going to just start composting then? Yep. I assume since you're making a composter. I've always wanted to, and I've now, you okay. know, got the room to do it. Yep. I am surprised, by the way, that that's the, the topic that you went with, the intro that you went with, and not something about the sous vide. You know, like the man who's been using sous vide for years versus the man who just started this week or something like that. Yeah, I suppose, yeah, I could do that. I mean, you you didn't, so it's a little late. Yes. You could next week. It would be could. a little weird. Maybe. Be like, we just brought this up last time and we, we talked about it. I got a sous vide. Congratulations. It's delicious and tasty and I'm really enjoying it. I just like it for the convenience as well. Yeah. So, question. Yes. Going back to to what I was doing this morning. What's the difference between an art fair and a craft show? What's the difference? Yeah, the the answer is about a thousand percent on the prices. (laughs) I I saw things there that I'm like, you know, if I had the equipment, there is no possible way I could actually do what you do. There were other things there that I saw where I'm like, if I had the equipment, I could do this for like three bucks. Someone had like, if if you know about chainmail, it was one of the most basic introductory chainmail techniques there are. And I'm like, you're selling this for $40, $45, according to Laura. This should not be a $45 bracelet. This should be like a $6 bracelet, $15 at the, at the most. I did not actually say that to the artist. Well, of course not, because that would just be mean. I might have said it to like seven people at the artist booth. No, I didn't. I didn't. I'm not that mean. I just didn't buy anything from them. But like, I, I was a little, I was very impressed by some of it. I was a little disappointed by some of it. Well, were you looking for something specific or no? Uh, yes, actually I was, but that had nothing to do with a lot of the booze that I stopped in. <laughs> okay. I went there for two purposes. One, to just take in art and, and experience the art fair. The other, to look for a wedding ring. Gotcha. That is something still on the to-do list that Laura and I keep looking at and saying, like, well, we could do these, and then not doing anything. Mostly my fault. In fact, pretty much entirely my fault. Just hasn't been that big of an issue for me. 
I've I've got I'm on my let's see how many rings is this for me? One, You've had multiple rings. Two, yes. Oh, because you you lo- lost one of them, I think. No. Almost no? lost one of them. Almost lost one, but then it broke. Okay. Then I ordered another one. I still have that one. That one. Where is that one? It's somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> it's lost. Exactly sure. <laughs> Evidently. Try to remember where my ceramic ring is. Yeah, Kate doesn't know either where that one is. Um, uh oh! All right, that one's lost. Um, and then I uh, we got these ones off of Kickstarter now, and I'm technically wearing Kate's because my fingers have grown. You bought a ring off of Kickstarter? Yes. What did you kickstart? Rune. Rune. Yes, Rune Rings. R U N E. Rune Rings affordable carbon fiber. Oh. Those are quite pretty. Yep. And glow resin. Yep. Which they means are, it glows glow, in the dark. They glow in the dark. That's yeah. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Neat. So, yes, Very I'm, cool. I'm Very currently cool. wearing the um, so, emerald. So your finger grew and so you had to send it back or what? No, uh, Kate ordered one a half size larger than mine. So I'm currently okay. wearing her size, which actually fits my finger. And I can, you know, take it off without fear of, you know, breaking something. Are you two chatting back and forth? Maybe. <laughs> I hear typing. My secret communication level with with your wife. I hear, um, I hear the typing, and then I hear Kate chuckle literally like two seconds later, and I'm like, hmm. Yeah. I didn't think what I said was that funny, though, so I don't know. She chuckled, so that's why I was like, wait a second. These are really cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well then, um, I don't know. <laughs> Not sure where to go with that. Did okay. So you were looking for stuff, but you saw the things that you could have probably made yourself. Made myself. Yeah, abs- absolutely. It just was not great. Yeah, Kate sees that all the time on Etsy. No, oh, absolutely. She looks at it and goes on Etsy. I- it's it's really bad, especially with all the uh, the perlers that I see. Oh, oh yeah, because you, you the the beads and everything. So you could you could look at that and go, hmm, I could do that. I, I could do better than that. Usually, I look at it and I'm like, I know a lot of things about that and how they did it and what it was like, and I see what they did there, and I think I could do that part better. But that's the story of Etsy. I mean, that's how it goes, right? Yeah, that's that's always how you know things are. Yeah. In any case, Andy. Yes. We should probably, like, I don't know, topics? I suppose we could do topics. I mean, I could I can derail us for a little bit, because I've been watching Summer Games Done Quick this, this week. I saw Spider-Man. So did I, actually. We, oh, we could talk about that. We saw Spider-Man Thursday night. When did you see Spider-Man? Uh, last night. Okay. How, how did you like it? I thoroughly enjoyed it. Good. I agree. It was a fun movie. <laughs> it was a fun movie. I, I agree that you thoroughly enjoyed no, um, it. Yeah, it, it's... Did it feel like a tie-in movie as opposed to a movie set in? No, not really. It, okay. You felt like it was a movie set in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and, and is a part of the, the MCU as opposed to a movie that just, like, ties into it? Yes. Okay. Why, did you think it was a tie-in? I felt like it was more of a tie-in than, than an actual movie set in the universe. I mean, it's understandable that it does, given that it's a Sony Columbia movie and not 
a Disney Marvel movie. Yeah, I do have to say when I when the first movie first came on, it just said like Sony on the screen, and I'm sitting there going like, "That's up there for a really long time." I may have booed <laughs> quietly, not not like boo, just like boo. I was in a movie theater. I wasn't going to boo loudly. But then on even on like the Columbia Pictures screen, it said a Sony company. I'm like, come on, we get it. Sony is proud to own Spider-Man. Give the X-Men back to Marvel. <laughs> and the Fantastic Four. Do you know what would happen to the MCU if they did a Fantastic Four movie? Oh, geez. Do you realize what plot lines that opens up? Yes. I actually do How that. about all of them? <laughs> it's, it's one of the things. So I, I play my Marvel Puzzle Quest, which I yep. lovingly call Marvel Bejeweled. And they keep on, you know adding characters to the the thing there and so it's like oh i forgot that these are all you know marvel characters same universe characters yeah it's a thing where like you know doctor strange is teaming up with the fantastic four against you know kingpin and you're like whoa poor kingpin he is way out of his league there yeah yeah he was (laughs) what what are what are doctor strange and the fantastic four doing against like street level that is below their pay grade. Um, well, it was an alternate universe that uh, one of the uh, one of the the magical artifacts sort of things. It was like the book or the wand of what Tambu or something like that had allowed you know Kingpin to take his henchmen and rule you know New York or something that okay. that nature. But he's still just like a big businessman crime lord. Yeah, I know. He does have some some pretty impressive durability feats, but and and strength feats, but still, like, no, it's it's a bejeweled game. <laughs> you can't yeah. get too deep into it. But so you're like, oh yeah, no, these guys actually are all interconnected. It's the like, one that well, I I forget about the most is yeah. Ghost Rider. Yeah, nope. Ghost Rider showed up in another level. It was yep. Uh, Wolverine, Ghost Rider, Punisher, and Daredevil all were together. That is three very different levels of power. Yeah. Daredevil, Punisher are street. Yep. Wolverine is is a category above that. Ghost Rider is actually, like, one of the really powerful characters. Oh, yeah. No, there's... Like, he is, he is a super powerful person. That's actually kind of why I'm catching up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. right now is because I'm, I'm curious about the Ghost Rider storyline that they did in the TV show. They did a Ghost Rider storyline in the TV yes. show? Yes, they oh did. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Where has that show gone that they needed Ghost Rider? Uh, somewhere also where they had some sort of alternate reality VR AI sort of storyline as well. They had a what? They had a storyline, I think, where there were people trapped inside some sort of VR, virtual alternate reality sort of thing, trying to combat some AI or something. <laughs> it's the sequel to Ultron. It better not be the sequel to Ultron. No, I, I don't know what it, it was. The, it was the TV show. So, of course, you know, they're not going to connect it to the movies. Right. I, I guess that's where Spider-Man did change a little, right? It did connect directly to the movies. It wasn't just like offhand references. It was, there's Captain America, there's Iron Man. They were in the movie. Mm-hmm. Although it was just the two of them. Well, let's see. Captain America is currently running from the law. Oh, they're not really chasing him. 
Yeah, no, he's just persona non grata right now. Right. That's going to last until, like, the next movie. Yeah, Thor and uh, Hulk, Hulk are off doing their or, buddy cop movie. Yeah. He's a friend is that from going work. To be a, is that going to be a buddy cop, or is that just, like, that one scene? Oh, where did I... I read something about that where somebody was describing... Uh, what did they call that movie? Uh, Thor and Hulk Intergalactic Buddy Road Movie. Cute. I don't know. We'll find out. It's coming out when? Uh, November. Okay. So I guess I'll find out in November. You'll find out in some time after that. I think November would be far enough away to actually... Go to a movie? Yeah. Maybe. Possibly. If you have the, like, brain power to do so and not just want to go to sleep. So, game's done quick. Yes. Still going on, actually. Today's the last day. They've already raised $1.2 million for Doctors Without Borders. And I threw on a couple topics of um, some some interesting and notable runs that I had found, which I coincidentally were also covered by Kotaku, but, you know, for being interesting and notable runs. Uh, but these were these were all runs that I was I was really amused by or wanted to see. And so there's the um, last night was the Final Fantasy VII speed run, the eight hour long Final Fantasy VII speed run. That's a long speed run. Yes, yes it is. But then again, the game itself, like the core part of the game, uh, takes about thirty five hours. So they cut it down by a quarter. I, I was a little disappointed it. because it started at like one in the morning. And so I, I couldn't actually watch the whole thing. So I'm going to have to just set aside an afternoon or maybe two afternoons and watch it bit by bit. There was also a, a Chrono Trigger speed run this year. That was really fun to watch. Uh, but there was the the Link to the Past speed run. Oh, they, they did the entire thing swordless. So you've played Link to the Past. Yes. You know, the first thing you do is you go out of the house and you go and you find your uncle in the dungeon and he gives you the sword, right? Yes. Skip that. Skip that? Skip that. Do the rest of the game without doing that. Uh, can you? (laughs) Yes. In about an hour and 15 minutes. So here's what I've realized from watching this this marathon of games, watching all of these speedruns. Most video games are held together with chewing gum, twine, and the hopes and prayers of developers. (laughs) Most of these games, most games are just so, so broken. And it's all about figuring out that one thing that the the developers didn't think of and didn't write a safety for and... Um, a lot of it has to do with like frame perfect or pixel perfect or menu buffering or things like that. And so in Zelda, you can clip yourself into the hill by using the menu buffer or using the, the I'm out of magic buffer or et cetera, et cetera. And so when you, when you get pushed into the side of the hill, funny things start happening. And so they start glitching through the game by like skipping over obstacles and getting into dungeons, and then getting into caves, and then it turns out that all the caves and dungeons are on the same map, and so you can just transfer yourself through that map and end up wherever you want to be, and it's just really, really, really crazy. 
And so they beat the game without the sword. Huh. Uh, and then there was Cluster Truck. Now, I've seen Cluster Truck before this, but only once. Uh, it was a, a YouTuber that I like to watch was doing a, like, hey, look at this game. It's in early access, and the dev sent me a copy of it. And it is a road with trucks. And you are jumping from truck to truck down the highway. And there's it's just there's a goal, right? You just get to the end and there's a goal, right? Mm-hmm. Following so far? Yes. The devs programmed in a backdoor. Oh, geez. They programmed in Twitch integration so that Twitch can, like, if, if a streamer is running the game, Twitch can actually vote on influences in the game and how the game changes. And the developers left another backdoor to just mess with the settings. Oh. <laughs> and so as this guy is playing during a marathon run during summer games done quick in front of thousands and thousands of people trying to raise money for charity by beating a game quickly uh the developers started changing the settings and so like they'd change the gravity or they'd change the colors or they would just cha- uh one time they they said like let's go fast right that's that's the speed run thing got to go fast they increased the speed rate of the game, the frame oh, rate, geez. by like eight times. And so all of a sudden, this game that this guy's really good at got way, way harder. <laughs> oh. And for a little while, like, they didn't know what was going on. They didn't know if the game was glitching or something. And then the developers typed a message onto the screen because <laughs> they can do that. And so the player is like, oh, oh. High landfall developer. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious and horrible at is the it, same time. Isn't that devious? Isn't that so good that they just like, we're going to program a backdoor in so that we can go and watch anyone playing our game. Uh, other notable events from, from SGDQ was the Mario Marathon. Now, I sent that to you. I assume you yes. did not actually go and watch it. No. That is that is too bad. Was that while you were at the movie, or...? Yes. I see. So I actually would recommend for you, Andy, having run Super Mario Brothers, that you go and watch this marathon. It's three teams of five people each. It was five games. It was Mario, Mario 2, Mario 3, Mario the Lost Levels, and Super Mario. And each player on the team played through one game. And the rule was it was a warpless run. Oh, so you my. could not use the whistles. You could not use the warp tunnels. You could not use the potions. It was a warpless run. You could not use uh, Star Road in Super Mario World. That's crazy. All three teams finished within about six minutes of each other. Think about wow. that. Yeah. Think about that. Right. Those five games, and they stayed within about six minutes. What's going on today right now? Oh, Super Mario 64. Is coming up next, I think. Well, uh, that's at 5.51 p.m. Yeah, they're doing Dark Souls right now. Yes. Uh, And then after Dark Souls, I think, is that Mario 64. And then there's an Earthbound run. There's uh, Super Pangea World. Panga. Super Panga World, all right. Which is a Mario uh, Kaizo. It's a a very difficult Mario ROM hack. Ah, then Super Mario 64, then The Legend of Zelda Mask, Legend of Zelda Wind, and then Earthbound. Oh, wow. A lot more Zelda today. Mm Mm-hmm. So uh, the the one other huge event, this is the one that, like, everyone thinks about who knows about 
AGDQ, SGDQ was the Super Metroid race. There's always some sort of Super Metroid thing. Okay. Because Metroid is, is really where speedrunning originated. Started, yeah. Right? It was one of the first games that had a timer in the game. So this year was a three-way race of Super Metroid with only the Ice Beam. So a lot of bosses skipped, a lot of levels skipped, a lot of areas skipped. You could only use the Ice Beam. You could still use bombs and missiles and super missiles and super bombs, but for your your gun, you could only use the Ice Beam. And when they do this, they do the bosses out of order because you're going to, because you can, because it's faster and because you're not getting through everything anyway. So why bother doing them in order? So they all went to the first boss, which was Phantom in the the like damaged ship or whatever it's called. It's the, the ghost boss. And two of the three runners died to the boss. This was a one life run. Oh, so this this amazing race that had been promoted and promoted and everyone was expecting and waiting for and getting ready for and excited for first boss two out of the three people were knocked out. <laughs> Oops. Now the race isn't over at that point, which is to say the run isn't over. The race is over. They lost the race. The run's not over because the third person still had to get to the end. And it took him like an hour to get there, but he he did. It was just incredible watching him, but it was really sad that the race was, was so broken because two people lost. Uh, there was a Metroid Fusion run that was a 0% run, so not collecting any items other than what was necessary by the story. Okay. So at the very end when it shows, like, here's your time and here's your percentage, it said 0%. <laughs> that was really impressive to watch as well. That's about it from from the games done quick sections. Well, speaking of, we can go with more gaming news. Sure, Evil Genius is getting a sequel. Good, because their free to play quote unquote sequel was. Uh, well, but was that done by the same people, or was it like someone bought the IP? Uh, I think Rebellion actually did the free to play version. That's it. It's free to play an open beta on Facebook from Rebellion. So yeah, Rebellion actually did the free to play Facebook game. Well, hopefully they'll do better with the real one. Yes. I don't know. Granted, I still have to play the rest of the Sniper Elite games too. It's so weird to think that Sniper Elite and Evil Genius are done by the same people. Company. Yeah. Well, is it that's that's a good point though. Is it the same people or is it just the same company? I don't know. Right, because like the same people who do Call of Duty do World of Warcraft. Well, yeah, oh yeah, okay. So Activision Blizzard would be large enough to have multiple teams, you know, working on different games. I don't know how big Rebellion is. I don't know. And is it is it being written by Rebellion or is it just published by Rebellion? Right, there's a big difference between the publisher and the developer. Let's see if the video game developer. Okay, Republican Rebellion Developments. Uh, number of employees is 180. That could be two teams. That could be three teams. 60 people working on a game. I could see that, yeah. That could be like even more than three teams, depending on how much of the game they outsource. True. Right, like many times as you as you move into the multi-person team games instead of the like, I wrote this entire game myself in my garage. It took me six years. Uh, once you start moving into the multi-team games, then it's usually like, well, we did most of the, the core work, but we outsourced the 
assets from the background to this company and we outsource the music production to this person and Okay, well, wait a second. Here we go. Uh, the developer of the original e- uh, Evil Genius was Elixir Studios. So Rebellion was just the publisher, and not mm-hmm. the developer. And who was in Elixir Studios? Where are they now? That is an excellent question. Uh, they published Evil Genius in 2004. They are closed. Key people, Dennis Hassabis. What is Dennis doing now? He's working in DeepMind. Andy, the guy behind Evil Genius was one of the co-founders of DeepMind. Oh, I did not know that. Also, fun fact, I went to go to my Facebook page to check on my uh, Evil Genius layer. Yeah. Yeah, the game is closed down now. The Facebook game no longer exists. Yeah, yeah. Elixir Studios was so, uh, closed, and the rights to the games were sold to various publishers. And then the guy who who was the head of it went back. Oh, he was at Lionhead too. He was the AI programmer for Black and White. Oh. And then hmm. he founded Elixir, and then he closed up Elixir and went back to school for a degree in neuroscience, and now is the one of the like co-founders of DeepMind. Um, yeah, so he's partly responsible, in, in a sense, for AlphaGo. Might explain why the game was so good, aside from the possible soft lock. <laughs> oh, oh you, there were so many problems in Evil Genius. Yeah, there, there were a couple places where you could soft lock the game. Yeah, there were a couple times, though, also, where people could... Um, some of the mods out there were like, oh, yeah, no, you know, the, the game had put a cap on how many uh, henchmen you could have due to, you know, older hardware not being able to run, you know, at full speed. Mm-hmm. So they're like, yeah, no, we broke we, we broke the game on this one. So you can have, you know, I think like 150 henchmen now rather than just 100. Nice. And yeah. And there were a couple of uh, quests that you had to complete on the first island, because if you try to take them over to the second island, it would break it. But there was there was like still a-, a very large modding community behind that game because people People liked it. Yeah. And they want to keep playing it. Yep. And they, yeah. So let's see, other video game news. <laughs> oh, new Overwatch character. Yes. Doomhammer. 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 Does he just punch people really hard? Yes. He's, he's a primarily melee character, which I'm not sure how well that's going to work in a game based on shooting other people. <laughs> Well, the spy works out really well in um, yep. TF2. Yes, he does. Yeah. Yes, he does. So they, they're saying close range. They don't say technically melee. He's close range. I'm looking at a gif here where it looks like he's flying across the screen to punch yep. somebody. That That is Doomhammer charging in. Or Doomfist, not Doomhammer. Hmm. This is uh, interesting. Yeah, they've been kind of teasing the character for a long time, though. There were there was a lot of background in the game for him. Uh, in fact, the the first Overwatch video, the one where like people got really excited, it was the whole reveal. Remember, it was like this museum heist. Yes. Well, what were they trying to steal? Oh yeah, yep, yep. Was was the fist? It was the the gauntlet of Doomfist. Well, uh, just in case you're wondering, you can actually yeah. now get a college scholarship for playing Overwatch. Uh, you've been able to. 
No, right? you could you could do it for League of Legends. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I'm thinking of uh, Heroes of the Storm had one because there was Heroes of the Dorm. Yes, but no, that, I'm that wasn't a scholarship uh, so much as it was it was a tournament by Blizzard for college yes, students. But, but no, at University of California Irvine, you can get they have an esports scholarship program. Really. Last fall, you could get a yearly financial aid of $2,500, okay, to cover tuition fees in exchange for a commitment of 15 to 20 hours per week during the season to practice, team meetings, community service, workouts, and competitions. In addition, the program will provide its beneficiaries with professional-grade infrastructure that includes dedicated coaching and analysis staff, personal training, team psychologist, and unlimited access to UCI's esports arena. So last fall they had the the League of Legends was the first game and now they've added Overwatch to it. So yes, you could go to, granted, you know, $2,500 isn't right. much. I was about to say like that's that's um not not a lot. That's not a lot at all. That that doesn't even cover the single class that I'm taking this summer. But still, like, you know. It's helpful and and yeah. I'm sure it's really nice, but that's that's not a lot. How much so, yeah. is a how much would a full ride scholarship be? Like how much is that worth at at UC Irvine? Let's see UC Irvine full ride scholarships. What is the value of a full ride scholarship? Uh, let's just see full year cost. Uh tuition for a resident for academic year 26-2017, How much? Okay, but uh, estimated nine-month expenses for an undergraduate living on campus is $32,102, according to the... Per year. Per year. Per year. $30,000 a year. Yes. Here's 2500 bucks. <laughs> That'll be two th- oh, was it 27500 left. Like, damn, that's a lot of money. The the $2,500 does not even cover the student services fee and the UG student health insurance plan fee. It probably doesn't cover your books. Maybe probably for a not. semester or two. But you got to start somewhere. I, I guess. You know, esports is growing. Mm-hmm. More oh, and more I add, people. I, I added a topic. Did you? Yes. Like while we've been talking? Yes. Should I refresh or do sure. you want to just tell me what well, it is? I could, I could tell you what it is. Um, so Ready Player One's coming out, right? The movie. Yes. Directed by Spielberg, scored by John Williams. Uh, what? What is it? Though John Williams was previously attached to provide the score for Ready Player One, he will now be replaced by Back to the Future composer Alan Silvestri. Sylvestri, maybe? Sylvestri? I don't know. Sylvestri. Alan S., who did Back to the Future. Yes. I mean, oh darn. So we're trading, like, brass for guitar? Pretty much. This I mean, is not the Back a to terrible the... thing. No, no, the Back to the Future, like, the as theme, soon as I say The that... actual theme, because we have to remember, Back to the Future had both borrowed music and, like, composed for the, mu- the movie music. Yes, the composed for the movie music, though, was pretty darn good. Yeah, I can tell you right now, I have it going through my head as I speak. Bum, 
Not only that, he took that theme and he was able to add variations on it for the second and the third movie in that one. Well, but that's, I mean, if you want to talk about theming music after someone, (laughs) I'm pretty sure John Williams has him beat. Yeah. Right? Like, John Williams is a master of the leitmotif. He gets it. He knows it. He understands it. Okay, so an official statement... So does Howard Shore, for that matter, but... Oh, so the official statement from Amblin Productions says that Stephen and John decided that Alan was the perfect choice for Ready Player One since Stephen had worked as a producer with Alan on the Back to the Future films in the 80s, and Alan has scored other films from Stephen's Amblin and DreamWorks. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, Ready Player One is going to be very different than a lot of what Williams' other works are. I'm okay with this. I'm I'm not... I'm a little disappointed. I was hoping for another Spielberg-Williams combination, but... Well, if you want no, this to... Should be, um, this should be fine. If, if, if you really want Williams and Spielberg, they're actually working on The Papers. The Papers? The Papers, yes. What is The Papers? Uh, papers <laughs> is a upcoming historical drama film directed and co-produced by Steven Spielberg about... Erostrotska. Uh, a cover-up that spanned four U.S. presidents pushed the country's first female newspaper publisher of the Washington Post and its hard-driving editor to join an unprecedented battle between journalism and government in publishing the Pentagon Papers. Dang, I was hoping it was going to be about papers, please. Glory to Erostrotska. Nope. No? God, that game was so boring. What? Papers, please? Yes, I was bored. And then the second day, somebody threw, like, a firebomb into my thing, so I got sent home after, like, two guys. I'm like, what the frick is this? But it's such a good game. So boring. I mean, it's 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 detail, right? Yes. I, I almost want to do, like, if I were a recruiter at a company and I needed a detail-oriented position, I'd be like, okay, you're going to play this game. That's that's half of your interview day is sit down and play this game. I think you could learn a lot about how someone plays papers, please. What is my thing saying it's a horrible, boring game? That you don't have great attention to repetitive tasks? Mm-hmm. So, like, I would not give you a data entry position. Nope. Uh there's also the questions of, like, did you follow the law the whole time, or did you let people in who shouldn't be in? I'm not sure I didn't get that far into the game. <laughs> you got too bored. Yes. Didn't you have, like, two things you had to check? Something like that. You played through, like, the first day. First three days. So you had to check and make sure that their passport was accurate, and, like, what they had a worker's permit or something? Like... I don't know. I'll take a look through the thing. Okay. I mean, if if you thought it was a boring game, don't go back and play it. That's fine. (laughs) Uh, what, what's this about time limits? Uh, there is a gaming company in Japan or China, China, uh, Chinese game giant Tencent intends to calm fears by implementing restrictions on the mobile title honor of Kings has it's a mobile title with 200 million users and they are reporting now that um, users age 12 or younger will be only able to play the game for one hour per day. And it will actually uh, lock people out if they attempt to log in after 9 p.m. I love that you talk about Tencent like it's this little thing out in China. Andy, do you know what 
what Tencent is? Do you know who they own? Probably. Uh, oh, geez. They own a lot of people. Damn. Tencent owns Riot. <laughs> yeah. They own League of Legends. They own Epic Games. Yeah. So, like, them doing this is actually a really big deal. Dang. They do. Oh, they, ha- they own QQ, too. They own a lot of stuff. Yeah. Well, this is a neat idea for them to do that. Yeah. We'll see if anything comes of it. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to help. Well, uh, okay, so kids 12 or younger are only allowed one hour. Yep. Two hours for kids uh, 12 to 18. There are no rules to prevent indulgence in online games in China, but we decided to be the first to try and dispel parent worries by limiting <laughs> playtime and forcing children to log off. But what what is the enforcement on that? Uh, I'm not sure. Like, how does it know how old you are? Um, that is an excellent question. <laughs> Thank you. I pride myself on my ability to inquire. Maybe it's, isn't there some sort of like Chinese version of Facebook or something that they, or QQ, uh, QQ is just messaging, right? I don't know. I don't specialize in Chinese software. I, I looked into it a bit. Okay, so yeah, there were 900 million active accounts on QQ right now. So maybe, you know, if everybody's using QQ for their messaging service, you know, maybe you have to... I'm thinking kind of along the lines of like, you know, signing into Facebook for one of our games here. And then you you would use the Facebook data to go, you know what? You are not old enough. But how does it know who's on the other side of the phone? I don't know. Maybe That's that's the thing that I want to be like... If my dad has a phone and I'm using it because I'm four, how does the phone know it's me? I mean, I'm sure there's just like some sort of setting in the game, but still. What if I want to have my my iPad and have it shared between my 12-year-old and my 10-year-old? I I don't know what to tell you on that one. I think there's some problems with this. Well, yes, but you got to start somewhere, right? That's the second time we've said that this episode. (laughs) It might you actually gotta, be the third time that we've said it this episode. You, you got to start somewhere. Is that I? Are we theming this again? Is that what's going on? I don't know. Because if we are, I mean, well, you got to start somewhere. So, AT and T and Time Warner, you have a topic. Yes. So, AT and T and Time Warner are currently trying to, you know, merge. Uh, merge, buyout, one or the other. Yeah. Something um, along those lines. People are saying that the president might be a wild card in the deal, though. I mean, isn't he always? Yeah. Well, this, this one, though. This president, at, at least. Yeah. Uh, especially since he vowed that the administration would not approve of the AT&T's purchase of Time Warner. But then the transition team reportedly reassured AT&T that its acquisition of Time Warner will be scrutinized without prejudice. Now, this is all because uh, President Trump hates Time Warner's news can- news channel, which is CNN. CNN, yes. So that's what they're thinking is the fact that he could get the DOJ. Because we talked about this with one of the other mergers. that The fact that, you know, okay, the FCC has to approve it as well, but the DOJ can also basically have to approve it because they can halt the, uh, the merger on antitrust grounds. And since, you know, the D- Department of Justice is part of the executive branch. He could order them to do it. Yeah. Now, you know, reportedly none of this is happening, but, you know, anonymous Um, sources say that, you know, he said that he would only approve the merger if they fired uh, Jeff Zucker from CNN. I'm I'm slowly shaking my head back and forth. Yeah. The the 
thing I see here is I don't care if I agree with him on this one thing that like this merger shouldn't happen because he's doing it for all the wrong reasons. And that last statement of like, if they fire this one guy, then yes, that is the proof that it's all the wrong reasons. This merger shouldn't happen because it's bad for the industry and it's bad for the public. Yes. That's why it shouldn't happen. Not just because, you know, you don't like CNN. And you want to punish its parent company. It's uh, just blah. Mm -hmm. So what's up with Trump and Pence and the Space Council? Uh, we, We have a Space Council again. Turns out we didn't have one for like 20 years. Hmm. Now we do. And in the speech about it, he made a number of comments about private. Which and, I and hear setting, as SpaceX. Well, it, it, what I hear is NASA not getting funding. Also, yeah, no, that's <laughs> NASA hasn't gotten funding since the Apollo program. Oh, come on. NASA gets money. What, they don't get a of lot 1%? of money. Yeah, but put that in perspective, Andy. How much is one half of 1% of the U.S. budget? Uh, it's still in the billions. $19 billion. 0.5% of U.S. budget. Let's go, Wolfram. You figure this out. I'm looking at the uh, fiscal year budget for 2017 for NASA right now, yeah. in case you're wondering. And what do they say? They, $19 billion Okay, that's more than one half percent. One half percent of the U.S. budget is $13 billion. Oh, okay, so almost three quarters of a percent? Point six percent. Point... 7% is 18 billion, 0.75%, 19.5 What did I say? Almost three quarters of 1%? So, yep, so about three quarters of a percent. They get $20 billion. I'm, I'm now, putting that one as a point. I would like point, them to have more. I, I'm, I'm saying I got three quarters got of 1% off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah. good job. Thank you. Congratulations. Would you like Thank a you. cookie? <laughs> Actually, I could. Kate made a bunch of snickerdoodles that I, I ate like eight of them already today. <laughs> go go get a cookie. Congratulations. Right, hold on. Yeah, I get a cookie. <laughs> I love this show. All right, here we go. I got cookies. You got a cookie. Okay. No, a cookie. I not know. the box only, of cookies. I'm only eating one cookie. In any case, yeah, so, so what, there's now a, a National Space Council. Okay. Again. Did you see the picture of Mike Pence touching an object at NASA that said, do not touch? I did. I did see that. I also saw NASA's response to it and the explanation of what the object is. And NASA's like, yeah, it's not actually that big a deal. The sign is up there more as just a general reminder, but we expect it to get handled. I'm I'm sure Mike actually, well, sorry, Vice President Pence probably turned to the tour guide who's like the head of NASA and said, can I touch it? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, go for it. Now, should he have been aware that there were cameras and a sign that says do not touch? Probably. Was it a stupid move? Yep. Is it going to make any difference whatsoever in any meaningful way? No. Does it endanger that piece of equipment? No. They're going to wash it off. It'll be fine. It's the pre-bonded aluminum. It was part of the Orion capsule, the re-entry capsule. And it's it's the pre-bonded aluminum that goes beneath the tungsten heat-resistant shell. 
The oil from your hand could prevent the bonding, but they also are going to power wash it and clean it anyway. Yeah. Because it's not in a clean room. No. Yeah. It's just chilling out. Like, oh, no, I sneezed on it. Uh Uh-oh. So, yes, I have seen that picture. I did not post a link to that picture because it's just not that big a deal. It's funny, but it's not that big a deal. Oh, I need a beverage now after that cookie. Give a mouse a cookie. So what else do we got here? Um, Okay, Volvo has said that uh, from 2019 on, all new models it introduces will be either electric or a hybrid. By when? 2019. All of them will be hybrid or electric. Yes. Good for Volvo. How long until Ford does it? Or GM? I don't know. Probably, Probably forever. Yeah, because, I mean, think about Ford and GM. What is what is the number one best-selling Ford? A pickup truck. Yep. When's that going to get converted to hybrid? Well, let's see. They redid the entire body structure into aluminum. You can still get it steel. You can? Yeah. I'm pretty sure they still sell it as both, that there's the aluminum for, like, the consumer, and there's steel for the people who actually need a pickup truck. Mm, I'd have to deal into that longer. Um, yeah, so there's that automotive news. Uh, Tesla is supposedly rolling out um, serial number one of the Model 3 this weekend. Yep, they're so going to start is, delivering the Model 3s. Yep, end of this month. So for those of you who pre-ordered, what, like two years ago? Something like that, yeah. You're finally getting your Tesla? Congratulations. They're also building a, a new battery and solar farm. Yes, we talked about this where Tesla said, oh, yeah, no, I could we could do 100 megawatts battery structure in 100 days or it's free. Right. Which, you know, <laughs> somebody asked him, you know, if they could do it. And he's, you know, Musk said, like, Tesla will get the system installed and working in 100 days from contract signature is or it's it is free. Is that serious enough for you? So serious enough that the Australian prime minister called him the day after. And said, we want this. Well, they went through the whole, you know, bidding process and everything. But yeah, no, Tesla actually won the contract. So they are actually going to build a 100 megawatt battery Battery. system in Australia in 100 days. Or it's free. Or it's free. (laughs) Your pizza in 30. Oh, God. Uh... Which, just so you know, uh, they have already, in January, installed an 80-megawatt-hour battery system in a little over 130 days. Okay. So, you know... They, more megawatt-hours or fewer megawatt-hours? This is 100 megawatt. Yes. So it would be 20 more megawatts. Actually, 129 well, uh, megawatt-hours. Okay. So time and a half, basically. Except that time and a half of 130 days is... 190 days they need to do it in 100 days yes so they need to do it in half the speed half the time yes half the time double the speed half the time well you gotta start somewhere don't god damn it (laughs) i hate you that was last week's episode shut up But yeah, no, this What's is going to be the largest. We're talking about Tesla. We're talking about batteries and, and Volvo and, and electric cars. What's up with France? Uh, France is deciding to cut out all uh, internal combustion engines. 
by that's what, what ice say. is okay nowadays when i when i see ice in caps you i don't think, think of, internal combust i think of immigration control yeah so i i saw as france and ice i'm like what the hell is that okay internal combustion engines yes that france will will be banning the sale of just internal like is a hybrid still okay France is set to ban the sale of any car that uses petrol or diesel fuel by 2040. Still 23 years. That's a long way away. Mm-hmm. They also want to cut back on their use of uh, coal-fired power plants to use energy, which in France, I think it's only like 4% of their energy is used using coal fire. Most of the stuff they actually use is uh, nuclear. Right. France is a very nuclear country. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, so France said... 2040. Uh, Germany and India have proposed similar measures with a target of 2030. Mm-hmm. And the Netherlands and Norway want to move to electric-only vehicles by 2025. Okay, that's a little ambitious. But then again, there aren't as many cars in the Netherlands. Everyone yeah. rides their bike. Yep. Bicycles. I want to ride my bicycle. Oh, speaking of news that wasn't on our topic list, <laughs> I saw a video today of uh, Green Day's touring right now, um, mm-hmm. and they were uh, somebody had set up a camera to record the crowd at, at one of their England shows. So everybody's, you know, they're waiting for Green Day to start out, come out and perform, and they're playing music, and they start playing Bohemian Rhapsody. No surprise, everybody in the crowd starts to sing. Of course, of course. And you, you can tell who's actually really into it because, of course, they get to the headbanging section and you suddenly just see the whole crowd just <laughs> start to headbang all in unison. I mean, it's it's such a good song and it's so hard not to sing along with it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no. So, yeah, France is at joining the countries in the European Union and India to uh, cut down on fossil fuels. And yeah, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. All right. What else? Anything else big? Um, Joan Lee passed away. Stan Lee's wife. Stan Lee's wife of seventy plus years. Yep. Or is it? Or is it seven? I think it is seventy. Uh, it's hard to be seventy plus given how old Stan Lee yeah. is. They would have been married really young. Yeah. No, they, I mean, they were re- married for sixty nine years. Okay. She was ninety five. So yeah, no, we can honestly. I, if I remember correctly, you know, she was the one who convinced him to do the Fantastic Four. Correct. He was going to leave comics, and she said, make one that is is what you want to make. And he wrote up the Fantastic Four. So without the Fantastic Four, wouldn't have had Marvel. Yeah, I don't know. Because he, start, he started with the Fantastic Four first, then, you know, Hulk, Avengers, all that stuff there came afterwards. And we honestly would not have had the Spider-Man movie. That we both enjoyed. Yeah. Yep. I mean, yes and no. It's an interesting question. What would comics be without Stan Lee? Oh, wow. If if he had left comics, what would have happened? Well, let's see. Back before... Andy, neither of us are qualified to answer no. this. No, no, we're not. I'm not even going to touch that with a 10-foot pole. No. I mean, you got to start somewhere. <laughs> oh! Walked into that one. But yeah, no, it's one of those things where you, you gotta you gotta tip your hat to her because if it wasn't for her, we would not be in our current situation. Yeah. Right, the rest of the stuff just seems silly. Okay. Uh, I believe it's my review. It is your review. I would like to review the game Reigns. 
Not, okay. Not weather rain, like not R A I N, but R E I G N S rains, like the reign of a king. So okay. if I had to ask you, yes. which I don't have to ask you, but I'm going to ask you, what would you say is the core mechanic of Tinder? <laughs> the core mechanic of twin Tinder? Yeah. This is not uh, a difficult question, Andy. You know what Tinder is. Yes, I know what Tinder is. You know how it works. You swipe left and right, right? Correct. That okay. is the core mechanic of Tinder. All right. You swipe left or you swipe right. Okay. Okay, I have no idea where this one's going, but okay. That is the core mechanic of this game. So when the game starts, you are a king. You are a newly crowned king. Congratulations. You are presented with a card that has some information on it. It may be a request from a peasant saying, hey, we should build a farm. It may be a request from the church. It may be your military advisor saying, hey, the, uh, the, the... Eastern lands are getting ready to attack. It's some point of information where you need to make a decision. And you make the decision by swiping the card to the left or to the right. Okay. That's the game. That is the core of the game. Swipe left or swipe right. Agree, disagree. Take action A or take action B. Now, there's some other layers on top of it. For instance, uh, there are four factions, as it were, four powers There's the church, the army, the people, and your financing. And if any of those go too low, you lose, Hmm. right? If you've spent all your money, then you aren't king anymore. You've spent all of your money. If they go too high, you lose. If your economy is so good and you've got all this money, then the oligarchs take over the kingdom and you are run out. If the church gets too powerful, then the pope comes and says, like, ah, this is a theocracy now, you're gone. (laughs) So you have to keep everything balanced. If the army gets too low, you get invaded. If the army gets too high, there's a coup. It's a matter of keeping everything in balance. And when you swipe one way or the other, those different decisions will balance out the, the different factions, right? Oh, our miners want to get paid more and they're refusing to dig for gold. If you don't pay them more, they aren't going to dig. And they're like, well, okay, then pay them. Then people goes up and money goes down. The real fun mechanic is that you see what will get changed, but you don't see what way it will change. So like this, this island nation is sending us letters asking us for help. And you swipe left, it's like send help. Swipe right, it's ignore them. And you see at the top which of the four things will be modified by this, but you only see it will be modified by a little amount or it will be modified by a big amount. It doesn't say which direction it will be modified in. Ah. So like send help, small amount of military, big amount of financing. Does that mean, like, I'm going to spend a little bit of military and a lot of money? Or is it I'm going to spend a little military and they'll be thankful and give me money? Like, where is this? It's super cheap. It's really, really well designed. And you can just pick it up and start playing. Uh, you will die. Like, that That happens. You will die A lot. And when you die, the game says to you on the screen, the king is dead. Long live the king, because then you take over as the next king. And there's there's a story. There's like a little subplot going on that you can get into. And it's it's in there somewhere. (laughs) 
And evidently the last patch actually made it easier to complete. But that's the game. It's really, really good. It's on Steam and mobile. Okay. But the whole mechanic of the game is swipe left or swipe right. Hmm. So see, I'm looking it on here. $3 on Android. Hmm. So you like it? I do. I like it a lot. All right. Well, random review. No, that was the random review. Yeah. Random topic. Random topic. Random topic rolled ahead of time. There we go. That sounds much better. (laughs) Have you ever kept your own gaming stats from a game in your own spreadsheet? Have I ever kept my own stats in a spreadsheet? I mean, I've definitely used spreadsheets in gaming. Yes. I've I've 100% done that. Yep. Have I ever kept my own stats in the spreadsheet? Um, sort of. So, so games by email. Yes. Right? You you remember games by email? Yes. Playing Risk. Mm-hmm. I did run an analysis on the results of those games, just purely who won, who lost, etc., etc. I didn't keep the results in a spreadsheet because they're already in one. They're in a table on the webpage, and so I just scraped the table. I think that's as close as I get to keeping my own stats. Assuming you don't count creating Pathfinder characters in spreadsheets. Well, I think this one's more like just, uh, I don't know, my guess would be like kind of keeping track of a win-loss record for things. But no, yeah, I haven't haven't looked at that yet. No, so, no, I've, I, like, I, yeah, I've kept, I mean, for goodness sakes, theorycraft. You'd plug the things into your spreadsheet and be like, okay, what's the best, you know, build-out for my hunter based on... Yeah, but I just did that in the game. I actually just started looking at a website earlier today. I'll have to look at my history. Where is it? Where is it? I don't know. What are you looking for? Somebody created a Hearthstone simulator. Hearthstone simulator? Yes. Isn't that just Hearthstone? Well, you can you can take your card deck ideas and kind of throw them into the, the simulator to kind of give you an idea of how well they're doing. How does it know? I haven't, that's why I say I literally found it out this morning, so I haven't had a chance to dig into the simulator. Okay. Yeah, Hearthmatic, online simulator for Hearthstone. Okay. So, I, yeah, I, like I said, I don't know how it works or anything else like that. Or if it's even legit. Yeah. I am watching, by the way, not watching, watching, but I did just flip back to Games Done Quick. The Dark Souls 3 marathon is over. Dark Souls is now being played. Mm. They expect the entire game to happen in under 35 minutes. Not quite sure how that happens, but they're they're going through it. No, I, I, don't, keep, I don't often keep track of my own stats. Not no, like that. Not in a spreadsheet. I use other means of doing so. Yeah, no, I, I can't think of any spreadsheets that I would, you know, yeah. do that in. Most of the time, my stuff is in-game anyway. Yeah, no, I, I have, like I said, I've used it in the past, and I'm looking at one right now, so yeah. let's see how this one goes. All right, that's everything. Yep, that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. <laughs>